This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. This is Bonjour Hi, the Give Peace a Chance edition. I'm your host, Avi Feingold. Phoebe is out this week, but I wanted to give you a chance to hear this conversation I had in advance of the big rally in Ottawa. In case you don't know, CJA, along with Jewish federations from across Canada, are coming together to organize a national rally in Ottawa. The organizers are hoping to have tens of thousands of Jews unite in the country's capital, making it the largest gathering of Canadian Jews in recent history. I've spoken to many people who attended the rally in Washington, D.C. recently, and one of the big takeaways was that people said it was the first time in weeks when they could let down their guard, exhale, that they weren't under threat. After weeks of feeling isolated and alone, of feeling constantly on the defensive in school, work, social media, reconnecting with people in a big show of solidarity was what they really needed. To feel seen, in contact with so many others, and most importantly, not alone. And while that's all well and good within a community, the question is, can we do the same thing across communities? This week in Israel and Gaza, there were seven days where two sides who could not hate each other more came together and day by day made small, shaky, unlikely deals. The sounds of bombs falling stopped and were replaced briefly by families being reunited, each side giving their people a glimmer of hope, a taste of peace. Serendipitously, in this week's Torah portion, we read about the meeting of two brothers, Jacob and Esau, who had been estranged for decades. I'm struck by two things in this story. One is how there is a recognition that coming together face-to-face is the only real way to hash things out between them, not with messengers or backroom diplomacy. And the second thing is that before Jacob is able to do this, he must wrestle with his own demons and accept that he is both scarred by them and grows because of them. To say that this has meaning for the times we find ourselves in should be more than obvious. In the conversation we're about to play, I'll be speaking to Taylor Noakes, who wrote an article on the Cult Montreal website entitled, Montreal Needs a Peace Rally to Unite Israeli and Palestinian Communities, and All of Us Really. It was an open letter to Mayor Valerie Plant to lead the city towards peace and away from divisive rhetoric. I thought it was a really interesting perspective, and I wanted to talk to him further. As we come together with our community, as we see the benefits of what can happen when we feel less alone and gather around the things that unite us, I hope this perspective can help us think about how we could take our next steps. We'll hear that right after we hear from our sponsor. Are you in the market for a new watch or a special piece of jewelry? Are you looking for the perfect engagement ring to pop the question? Atelier Lou has all this and more. Eric and the team at Atelier Lou can craft a piece for you. Or you can select from some of the exclusive designers that they offer. From a simple bangle to a statement necklace, Atelier Lou can make you or your loved ones sparkle. Located in the heart of Westmount in Montreal or online at atelierlou.com, visit Atelier Lou for your next watch or jewelry purchase. And when you do, make sure to use promo code BON18 for 10% off your next purchase. That's atelierlou.com. So uh, on November 27th, uh, an article came out by Taylor Noakes in which he argues that we um, really should be working together to work on peace and not just to have these rallies and these protests from one side to the other. And it's actually something that came right at the moment that I was thinking uh, similar ideas. There is a major rally that is being planned in Ottawa on Monday, uh, December 4th, for uh, the Jewish community to express solidarity with Israel, to demand the release of hostages. And as much as I am pro those ideas, I just kept thinking about how 
the thing that happens when you have this rally, when you have a big rally in D.C. with hundreds of thousands of people, when you have Palestinian rallies for, you know, supporting, you know, from the river to the sea, pro-Palestinian ideas, right? All we're doing is that we're re-entrenching ourselves in various camps and going further and further, cementing our ideas. Um, and this was a breath of fresh air. And so I decided to reach out to Taylor and uh, I have him with us today. Taylor, welcome to Bonjour Hi. Thank you for having me. And might I commend you on having an absolutely fantastic name for your podcast. Oh, thank you. Bilingual jokes, bilingual in-jokes are even better. Thank you. Thank you. What caused you to get to the point where you wrote this essay? Uh, an incredible sense of uh, grief and frustration. And uh, I mean, this is, a, this is a terrible thing that's happened and it often feels hopeless. And then to see how quickly people began to separate from one another and the outbreak of uh, really ugly hostility between different communities, especially in my hometown, it affected me, especially considering that there are there were there were schools that, and community centers that were firebombed there's a synagogue not too far from my elementary school one of the schools actually was a school that I went to um, from kindergarten through 11th grade so uh, it was way too close to home like way 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 too close to home and then hearing politicians who they always say the same thing it's like well this does not represent us and I, and I think that's that's you know for the most part that that's true um, the problem though is that there's, they don't ever seem to be doing anything to say who we are. Uh, and they don't ever seem to be doing anything that's proactive. They're always reacting to situations. And I, would, I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe it, it is the place of a, of a city mayor, of a big city mayor, to say, look, we need to do things differently and we need to have a different approach to things, which is why I thought that it was not uh, inconceivable for a Montreal mayor to host a peace rally. What do you think um, communities can be doing better? Um, as a member of the Jewish community, I want to be able to show my support for Israel. I want to be able to show, show my support for Israel publicly. Um, but I also am aware that doing that offends other, may offend other people, which I may or may not care about. But I also care about the civic responsibility to like have a peaceful environment. Is there things that we can do in public, in addition to having a peace rally, um, which we can get to in a second about what that looks like, um, that may actually not infuriate other people? You know, that's a great question, but I think fundamentally that leads to, I guess, the problem that I was grappling with because it is the responsibility of political leaders to demonstrate leadership and to say, this, these are the behaviors that are acceptable and these aren't. But more importantly, we want you to put those differences aside and start looking on at things that, that we can all agree on. So unfortunately, I don't know, know if I have a solution at the individual level um, in terms of you know how best to do this. I think if you're a faith leader, I know there was a letter that was put out. There was an open letter that was published in the Gazette uh, sometime this week from a from different faith leaders in Montreal. You know that were sort of outlined what their goals and aspirations are. And I think that's a good first step. I think if you're a member of a, of a particular community and you want to work through those channels, that's a good first step. But no, unfortunately, I, I don't know if I have a good solution for what the individual can do other than to propose and support. Um, a meeting of minds and uh, to propose and support, I guess, the ideas that we can find sort of common ground on. And I know that, you know, as an example, for for, for people who, let's say, are supporters of, of Palestine or, um, you know, they, they, they probably feel completely besieged. They feel like they are the, the oppressed minority and they have no voice whatsoever. I think a lot. I think those claims are legitimate and genuine, um, and they're but they're essentially in the exact same problem. They're, they're facing. They're dealing with the exact same problem. Demonstrations of their allegiance or whom they support can be in equally problematic for them. And so, 
this is why I would say it, it, it really – you do need people, unifiers. You need politicians. I think this is, where, this is a, an area where polit- I'd like to see more action from politicians. They need to be the ones saying, look, leave your differences at home. Leave them aside. Let's look at the things that we can all agree on. Can we all agree on releasing hostages? Yes, absolutely. Can we all agree on you know, perhaps a ceasefire as being better than continuing war? Yeah, I think most people can probably agree on that. You know, especially especially in a place like Montreal, which the whole the whole foundation of the city is Concordia Salis, right? Strength through mm-hmm. harmony. The idea of many different people coming together and saying, you know, we're, we're putting aside our ind- our individual differences. We are living communally. We are living together in this in this great city where our differences are cherished and valued, uh, and not something that we use to divide ourselves. And unfortunately. Um, a lack of political leadership has allowed those divisions to fester. Has this worked before? Have we done this? What can political leaders do uh, demonstrably that will make a difference um, other than just saying, I think this is important? Again, another phenomenal question. And I, I regret, I don't know if I have any really good examples of that in the in, in the more immediate term. Perhaps the best example I can give, a historic example, would be the, the case of uh, the Huron leader, Gandhi Aronk, I believe that's how his name is pronounced. This is a, an individual who lived uh, at the end of the 17th century and was responsible for convening the Great Peace of Montreal, which occurred in 1701. And if you're not familiar with the story, uh, basically the indigenous communities and the French and to a degree the English and Dutch colonists who were living in the eastern part of North America throughout the 17th century were in a state of uh, near constant war uh, and most people don't even realize that that you know new france and, and and essentially canada was founded in a period of prolonged and absolutely brutal conflict uh between a wide variety of of, of very 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 different people um who had almost nothing in common with with, with each other and so gandhi Ronk, who was a diplomat uh essentially said look we we have to you know, put an end to this. And so he convened uh, a meeting in which something like 40 different indigenous nations uh, participated in addition to the French and some of their European allies, perhaps the Dutch and the English. They all met in Montreal in 1701. Now, if people back then who had um, who, whose differences were, were far sharper than I think the differences between certain communities in Montreal today, if those people could put their differences aside uh, – and convene and listen to one another in a, in a, with an open mind, um, and they could do that, you know, three hundred some odd years ago. Uh, I think we could potentially do the same. I think that this 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 example needs to inspire local political leadership. And as a certainly as a journalist, I, I take great pleasure in pointing out the hypocrisy. And it's often quite hypocritical for for people who call themselves leaders, for politicians who call themselves leaders, and routinely routinely do not demonstrate any leadership qualities whatsoever. If they could look to this example from Montreal history. And say, you know, let's let's try to you know bring some bring some people together, have a meeting of the minds. I was going to say that uh, one of the uh, people I would imagine would be very should be very involved in such a you know peace rally would be uh, an anti-racism commissioner, somebody like Boshram and I. And uh, somehow I don't have a lot of confidence in her uh, ability to uh, inspire peace. Uh, I know that today, for example, she agreed not to attend any more pro-Palestinian rallies as long as she was the commissioner of you know anti-racism in Montreal. Uh, and I wasn't sure if that really went far enough. Uh, people called out the fact that she was. Ex- 
incredibly silent um, anytime some of these uh, these actions happen against the Jewish community. Um, she did not say anything. She did not decry any of this racism. Um, she did uh, all the while she was attending uh, multiple times, I believe. I know for sure at least once um, she tweeted about and attended a pro-Palestinian um, rally where there was some virulent anti-Semitic uh, statements that were being made at the time and, you know, said nothing about that either. But you know that's yeah. Uh... <laughs> no, it's, it's, if, if you're going to be the city of Montreal's anti-racism commissioner, I've got no problem with that individual going to a pro-Palestinian rally. I think they should probably balance it out by going to an equal number of pro-Israeli rallies. But more importantly, they should be the person. They should be the person who is saying, "Okay, guys, we need to get together and have a meeting on this, and let's try to get representation from different communities who have different points of view, and let's try to see." We, let's have a dialogue uh, and find the points where that we can agree on and try to move forward from this. If, uh, if the Jewish community has been attacked in Montreal, she has an absolute responsibility then to, you know, to reject that in in, in, in the fullest possible terms. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that should be a no brainer. Um, similarly, if there was, and I believe there have been Islamophobic attacks in Montreal and elsewhere throughout Canada, yes, she should also be saying, yes, this is wrong. But again, this is what we, we come back to before. These people, they are political animals. They are politicians. They are elected ostensibly or they are appointed ostensibly for their leadership qualities. And yet when we find ourselves in these situations, where is their leadership? So no, that's that's, that's disappointing, uh, especially – I mean, again, if she's the city's anti-racism commissioner and there's someone making overtly anti-Semitic statements, she should step in and say, hey, no – and I and and by the or, way, or firebombing synagogues. <laughs> yeah, no, the, 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 there should be there should be a lot more. And again, you can say you can say I don't agree with this, while not necessarily saying you know, you can say I don't support firebombing synagogues without necessarily saying I love Benjamin Netanyahu. You know what I mean? I mean, I these don't are, disagree with that. Yes. Exactly. Um, what is what is this rally? As you were writing this essay, what do you imagine? Like the nuts and bolts, right? It sounds a little pie in the sky. You probably had some idea of what a rally like this could look like or should look like. Um, how do you get everybody together and under what banner other than just peace? How do you make something like this work? Do you march everybody together? Like you probably had some vision. Can you spell it out for us? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I listed a couple of examples uh, in in the article. The one that that uh, I guess probably most inspired, aside from 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 the Kandiyarang, the, the historical example that happened in 1701, um, you know, which was uh, I can only imagine very complicated to organize in an era before you know telephones and you know computers and whatnot. Um, I guess the example that that inspires me quite a bit is. Uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono's uh, bed in for peace that uh, that happened at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel, which is very, which is a very spontaneous event um, that apparently could have just as easily had happened in Toronto. But I guess some PR guy said, "Well, you know, Toronto's a bit stuffy. You really want to go hang out in Montreal? That's a that's a happening city." And so they they did it there. Sure. I would imagine that in terms of the nuts and bolts, it would require this the it would require the mayor and the anti racism commissioner and the higher ups. Uh, representatives from all the parties at, at at City Hall, you know, leading bureaucrats, to number one, put together a list of who they think you know are the are the main uh, leaders of various communities, student leaders, um, et cetera, et cetera, union officials, especially because they're on they're protesting right now and they uh, they definitely they represent 
wide uh, swaths of the population as well, convene a meeting with those people at City Hall and say, okay, we need to have some sort of public demonstration um, that people can uh, – that people can feel welcome to join, and the the, the 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 key message here is we we believe in peace above all else. Uh, we do not believe in using violence as a means to achieve political ends. We are not going to take a position on uh, the the broader conflict between. Israel and Palestine, but we can have, at the, because it's going to be too messy and too difficult, but at the very, very least, we can say the hostages must be released and Israel must enact a, a, a permanent ceasefire. And by the way, uh, right now it seems that Hamas and Israeli officials, they have extended the ceasefire, at least by, at the time of this recording, mm-hmm. they extended the ceasefire. So if those guys can figure out a way <laughs> to extend a ceasefire and exchange hostages we have no excuse well, for not being able to figure there, something out. To be fair, and this is actually going to go to my next point, um, there are many, many brokers in between Hamas and um, the Israelis right now. Um, and I actually think that rather than thinking high, I know you made it as an open letter to Mayor Plant, and uh, I do want to appeal to her, and I think that it is important that things come down from the top down. Um, but... I'm wondering about the use of police as um, not negotiators, but as um, conveners, right? I I keep getting messages from within the Jewish community, and I imagine that it's probably true happening within various communities um, that are pro-Palestinian within uh, Montreal and elsewhere as well, where we've met with police, um, we are talking about security with them, we've met extensively with them, they are the ones that are like, they've promised to help us deal with this. I'm like, why isn't the police bringing a leader from, you uh, you know, a leading mosque and bringing them to the Jewish community when they are having these meetings to be able to say, hey guys, um, this is what happened. Somebody here actually got firebombed. Can you please tell your people, right, to, you know, meet, first of all, face-to-face and tell your people to stand down and you should, you know, to be able to talk to each other, we should be able to go to the various, you know, communities. And again, I, I hesitate to say Muslim or Arab or whatever because because being pro-Palestinian f- extends far beyond this, but being able to go to various communities and bring representatives and the police are always the ones that are interfacing with the communities. Why aren't they bringing other people as a as a violence reduction technique to be able to say face to each other talk to each other and recognize that these are human beings that you're asking to like you know firebomb or you you know we're not asking to firebomb or whatever the case may be i don't know if this is your intention but i think you perhaps inadvertently uh, just demonstrated one of the uh more cogent critiques of modern policing um, and it's, it is fundamentally a problem that they are not more actively involved in violence, de-escalation, community outreach, etc. I think uh, a number of people who would be advocating for police reform, they would advocate for precisely that, that that should, as, as, general, as crime rates in general decrease and the need for you know, head-busting police officers out on the street corner, as that decreases, you would expect there to be an evolution in police. And again, Montreal could be could, could be leading that way. The mayor could be directing the commissioner of police to say, "Hey, you need to take a new approach." Now, when it comes to when it comes to certain certain communities are going to be less receptive to police involvement. And I, I think if you've been paying attention to the news for the last couple of years, it is completely understandable why that might be the case. That being said, there's always room to change things and to try to improve. 
Uh, and, and, and as a quick aside, I am bothered by the fact that the police have not taken it upon themselves to post their uh, to post police officers in front of uh, of Jewish schools, synagogues, mosques, for that matter. Um, they don't seem to be there all the time right now. And if there is ever a period of time where they really should be, uh, now is it. That matter aside, I think there's definitely there's definitely tools that that could be better exploited, um, and that that there should be if we don't perhaps we don't benefit from having the Qataris to intervene and sort of negotiate between different groups. But yeah, perhaps the police could be that. Perhaps there could be a. Uh, I would I would strongly advocate for a slightly less. How should I put this? I would advocate for faith leaders instead. If there was a if there was a community, a consortia of faith leaders in Montreal, the problem is, and I would say this on both sides, is that the faith leaders that are the ones that often are the ones that are inflaming passions, um, the ones that are li- that are raising the rhetoric often, and not everybody. There are many many faith leaders that are not uh, that are very very much committed to, to peace. Um, so yes, I think you are right in possibly looking towards faith leaders, but it has to be finding the right ones because there are many that are basically saying no. I think we should actually be bombing them more on whatever side that that might be yeah this is where i think this is where like a really progressive like anglican priest type, <laughs> you know, i know some of those <laughs> really really in the middle and you know doesn't just wants everybody to settle down a little bit no i think I, I, again i think it comes to uh i, I think it comes it requires uh, i think politicians municipal politicians to uh, to intervene, and and, and I, I get it. I know that, that what, I'm, what I'm proposing right now is is this is new territory, and most of the time, number one, most of the time, this is not a problem that municipal politicians are involving themselves in, right? Well, that, that, that's fair. Maintaining the peace between various communities in Montreal is not a daily requirement for either politicians or police because the you know the default situation is that you know we're Montrealers first and foremost. We get along. We go. We get along with people. We go about our lives. That's the default position. It doesn't mean that. So, but nonetheless, even though this is new territory that that we have to explore. It doesn't mean that they should shy away from it. They should be looking at this as an opportunity to to forge ahead and to you know set a precedent and try out excuse me new things. Um, but that being said, it's it, it's unfortunate because I think generally speaking across the board, politicians are far more reactive than they are proactive. I, I hear that. Um, any final points you want to make that uh, didn't make it into the article? What's what's part two of this? Um, calling forward anything? That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, it was. Uh, I think there was uh, more than fifty percent of the of the of the inspiration to write this article was was driven from my own frustration at seeing, you know, this this terrible um, this terrible situation um, manifest in uh, in, in my hometown and 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 again, like way 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 too close to home. Um, and and then to hear this constant repetition of well this isn't who we are this isn't who we are this is not what we do, and I'm like well you know if that's actually the case like do something about it show me how this is different so I don't know where we go from here I, I can't imagine um, unfortunately I don't have much faith or hope in the political class in Canada generally speaking uh, for taking the leadership position that uh, that they that they need to I think they are going to continue to reinforce and re-entrench themselves with whatever camp that they have decided to uh, to join with. There are, as I mentioned at the top, there are thousands and thousands of Montrealers that are going to be going to Ottawa um, this coming Monday for this major rally on Parliament Hill. 
Um, what message do you have that you can tell somebody that's going there um, that will allow them to, you know, express their solidarity for Israel without inflaming, you know, what should somebody do, right, after having read this and saying, you know what, we should be having a peace rally, I'm going to a pro-Israel rally instead, is there a way that I can salvage this? Is my intention going into this um, something that I can think about and do? It's a very good question. I, um, I, I've been trying to pay attention more to... Uh, organizations that might not be invited to that particular rally or might not feel welcome there. And they have, uh, they have positioned themselves and they have taken a, a different sort of approach. And unfortunately I think their, their voices have been marginalized. I would say that with regards to this very, very specific rally that's going to be happening. In well, maybe Ottawa, it's that, maybe it's saying if you didn't feel like you were comfortable going, you should go anyways and recognize that there is a much bigger spectrum of pro, pro-Israel um, members of the community than otherwise thought. Yeah, you know what? I think you, you, you actually said that's actually really good. That's a really good way to put it. I think you're absolutely right. I think that you're absolutely right. If there, are, if there are organizations who feel that they would otherwise be excluded from such an event, uh, that, that perhaps they should uh, uh, they should be brave and they should go there and say, look, you know, this this community is number one. This community is not a monolith. Um, there is a wide spectrum of views. This, of course, would be evident to anybody who reads Haaretz as an example uh, to see that there's a wide variety of perspectives on this, as reported in Israel, that we might not act next. We might not necessarily see in North America, where unfortunately I think a North American mindset tends to uh, tends to be very binary. Uh, tends to be very, very black and white on a lot of on a lot of issues. Um, so I would say that yeah, if there are members of, of of the Jewish community more broadly, or for that matter, any community um, that wants to you know demonstrate the breadth of perspectives on this matter, that they should participate. They should also, but the, and, and do so knowing that they might be confronted by a lot of very angry people, and that they are going to have to take it upon themselves to resist engaging with that anger mm-hmm. um and ultimately and that's 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 the, the i think the the heroism in being a genuine peace advocate is that you essentially you you go into it knowing that you are going to be assailed by all sides because we are not uh, as a species uh, evolved enough to to understand anything other than fighting or to understand much other than fighting um and so that's it's it, i think it takes a, a remarkable amount of restraint and bravery on the part of peace advocates, genuine peace advocates, to confront people who are not interested in peace and say, you know, we there's points that we can agree on, and if only we could you know, try to come together. Um, so yeah, I would say that. Uh, I think I think you put it. I think you put it far better than I than I can, where I'm able to right now. If you represent, if you have those other perspectives, then go and show that there is a that there is a great breadth. Uh, of of perspectives on this viewpoint, and by the way, if you can happen to go, if you happen to spot a reporter, you know who's looking to do street interviews, <laughs> go and talk to that person too. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, I love that idea of faith leaders. Also, um, if you're listening, Graham Singh, who is a very good friend of mine and has a wonderful church, St. Jack's uh, on St. Catherine in Montreal, right near Concordia. Um, I'm calling on him to uh, be the convener of uh, peace communities and uh, bring people together. Um, and uh, other faith leaders should absolutely take that call as well. Taylor uh, Noakes, thank you so much for coming on Bonjour Chai. Um, you can read Taylor's stuff on his website. Uh, I also noticed, and I am a big fan of, and I love the fact that you are fairly prolific uh, on the Canadian Encyclopedia with a lot of various articles. So uh, go check that out as well. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you for 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 uh, for for approving of that. That's uh, that's been a fun gig to write about uh, about arcane Canadiana. Thank you so much for coming, Mr. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Bonjour Chai for the week ending December 2nd, Shabbat Barashat Vayishlach. The show is produced and edited by Zach Kaufman. The executive producer for CJN Podcast is Michael Freeman. Our music is by SoCalled. We are a project of the Jewish Living Lab and are distributed by the CJN Podcast Network. You can listen to all our past episodes on our page at thecjn.ca slash bonjour, and you can subscribe to the podcast and automatically receive all episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. We'd love it if you told a friend about Bonjour Chai. It is one of the best ways that we get new listeners, and as always, you can email Email us with comments at bonjour at the cjn.ca. I'm Avi Feingold. Thanks for listening. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.